Amen. Amen. Woo! God is good, y'all. I'm going to tell you from the outset, I'm a little bit under the weather this morning. I got my COVID check. I'm negative. I ain't spreading nothing. But God wanted me to come up and, and, and present this morning. Because he said, Derek, when you're weak, when you're weak, when you're weak, then he can get the glory. Then he can get the glory. It's not about me. Never been about me. It's all about him. It's all about him. My pastor right here, I want to thank you, ma'am. I love you, and I appreciate you for the opportunity. I know I see uh, one of my fellow Kaiser co-workers out there, and I don't know if there's some others, but Denise, thank you for coming. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. I see my homeboy David uh, and his family back in the back. He always comes to support. I love you, man. I love you, June. I love you, Giovanni. To the RCF family, for you that are online, I love you guys. It's awesome to be here. My son here trying to do the camera work over here, too. Amen. Yeah, I brought this big old bag up here with me. Got a couple things in it before we get started. to pay a little homage to my, my spiritual father. He was a cowboy fan, so he was all right with me, amen. He was a good man, and I know he's here with me right now. I know he's here with us right now. I want to welcome all of you here. Those of you sitting in your living room, I apologize, huh? I done picked up 2.5 pounds of COVID weight. Amen. So I'm all right. Y'all all right. At least y'all can say he color coordinated. Got my water, my teal water. I'm going to tell you if I need to sip some, if I need to blow my nose, just be patient with me uh, because God has a word for us today. Today I want to come to you today and talk a little bit about the ability to receive your purpose. For most of you, you've been able to be with me for a while. I haven't been on this stage since the passing of our pastor. But I've been on this quest about purpose in our life. And I want to talk about mindset and purpose. And in that mindset and purpose that I want to come to you about with is I want to talk about overcoming fear today. And I want to talk about living by faith today. 
And I want to talk about engaging the Father today. Those three things I will lift up. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for the opportunity to come before you this morning. Lord God, I am weak. I'm not my normal self. But I give you all the glory, Father God. Because more and more and more, Lord God, I recognize it's not about me. But it's about what you want to do through me. So I'm a willing vessel this morning, Father God. And I thank you for all that you've done and all you will do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'd like y'all to go to uh, Joshua. We've been uh, lifting up Joshua. Um, rightfully so. I think it mirrors the RCF walk. And forgive me, I got to put my glasses up because I can't see close. Joshua 1, amen, verses 6 through 10, I want to lift up into your hearing this morning. Joshua 1, verses 6 through 10. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan. Here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving for you for your own. May God add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Amen. Amen. If I had to give a title, the title would be something like this. Courageous Leadership courageous leadership. And when I think about what Joshua had to go through, I'm talking about on the front end when they took that 11-day journey from Egypt to Canaan. It was about 11 days, and they took about 2 million people with them. And they got right up to the edge of the promised land. And what they ended up doing was taking 12 spies and they went to every tribe and they called up the leaders from every tribe, one through 12, and Moses commanded them to go into the promised land, go into Canaan. 
and spy out the land and see how strong the people are, to see if their cities were fortified. And he sent those 12 in. And as we know, because I know you guys are Bible scholars, when they came back, they had big old grapes that they were bringing back from the promised land. They told the people, it, it is flowing with milk and honey. But there was a but. There was that big old but. But the people, they're like giants. Their cities are fortified. We look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look like that to them too. How did they know? They'd just been on this journey where the Red Sea had been parted and they walked across on dry land. They just saw the God of this world, Pharaoh, get defeated. But when they went into the land that God had promised to them, there was only two that stood up. And I bet you when they stood up, they had to be courageous because there was 10 of them talking about how bad it was and how Israel couldn't do anything. But there was two that stood up and Caleb got up and Joshua was right there next to him. And he said, if we just walk with God, we can defeat everything going on in this land. Only if we just walk with God. But the people murmured. And they took the report of those ten over those two. And that turned them around from going into the promised land and beginning a 40-year journey that coincided with the number of days the spies was in the land. The spies went for 40, years, 40 days. And the people had to pay the price for listening to that bad report for 40 years. He had to get rid of the stinking thinking. I'm talking about courageous leadership today. Moses didn't get an opportunity to walk into the promised land. They turned around from the edge of the promised land to get their victory, to back wandering in circular actions for 40 years. There was something like 1.5 million people that turned away from the promised land. And it was like a long funeral walk for 40 years because the people had to die before they could get back to the promised land. There was about 85,000 people dying per day as they walked those 40 years from that bad report. See, the enemy doesn't want you to get to your promised land. So y'all start thinking about it's only Israel. No, it's me and you too. 
Before you were born, God placed purpose in your life. Before you entered your mother's womb, he placed purpose in your life. And each of us have a promised land to get to if we want it. But if you want to listen to the bad report, you might not never get there. And this is what happens. You take 1.5 million people with you. Have y'all ever heard the term, um, things rise and fall with the level of leadership that you have? Go and read the next chapter when the people rebel and see what happened to those 10 spies. A plague, a plague killed them out, killed them. They weren't going in the promised land either. A plague killed them because we're afraid. We're afraid. See, what the enemy does what the enemy likes to do is he likes to take you to your past. That's how I begin to understand as I've been meditating and praying daily. I, used to, I think I even asked Pastor Gibb, but I can't remember what his answer was right now, but I think I asked him, how do you, how do you know when, when God is talking to you? How, how do you know it's, it's not yourself? And, and, and what I begin to understand when when it's not God, it's fear-based, and it's based on you because you take your eyes off him, and that's what the spies did. They begin to take their eyes off God, and what he does is the devil begins to point to you, and you begin to say, I, I, I haven't been good. I, 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 I have my failures. I, I, I'm a divorcee. I, I'm no good. I'm in unauthorized relationships. And the devil weighs in on all the stuff that you used to be. That's where he wants to go with you. He wants to hone in. Oh, you ain't, you ain't good enough to get that promotion. Don't, 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 don't change jobs because you're going to end up getting fired. He wants you to stay right where you are. And what he did to the Israelites was the same thing. Y'all are nothing but slaves. You don't know nothing. You ain't going to be about nothing. And you ain't going to never have nothing. And when I began to think through how their mindset was, It almost makes me want to break down because that's like some of our own mindsets today. We serve this God that has been blessing and doing things in our life. But what do we do? We start focusing on ourselves. We start hearing the fear. And we don't go and stand up for ourselves. I've been meditating on the word. So this is from Derek. 
and, and I want to make a distinction because I believe that God has been talking to me about this. And I want to make a distinction. You might not find what I'm going to say in the Bible. But because I've developed my relationship with God, he is placing things in my mindset that I haven't heard before or even been cognizant to before. But y'all know the parable of the five talents. He gave one five. He gave another three. And he gave another one. See, I don't think that's... I, I, I think it could be about whatever God leads you to make that believe. But in this instance, I think he's talking about gifts. That God gave you one five gifts and one three gifts and one one gift. And the one that had five gifts, it wasn't about going and being prosper and making money. He used the gifts that he was allotted. And he brought five more people to help them get to their promised land. He used what God gave him to be a mouthpiece for God to bring in more so that people could reach their promised land. And he took the one with the three and he did that. But then we get to the one. The one that took his talent and buried it in the ground. And he said, because I knew you were a hard man, I knew you were about your business, I wanted to make sure you got that talent back. And the master rolls back in town. And he comes to this servant and he says, you lazy, wicked man. You mean to tell me the talent that I gave you, you buried it in the ground and you didn't try to do nothing to tell people about me. And I'm afraid it's a lot of us sitting in these pews that are burying our talent because we're afraid of what it will bring. I was listening to Gordon last week <clears throat> while I was sick. It started about last Saturday. <clears throat> and I was listening to him. And the one thing that was profound to me, and you know Gordon is a nurse that works for the Gill, where they bring juvenile offenders. And he talked about this young man that had been in and out of the Gill. And he was about to turn 18 where if he kept coming back in, if he kept coming back in, he was going to go to the big house. And when I began to listen and ponder on that, and I began to think about how many people, how many people, did that young man's life go through that buried their talent in the dirt? How many people? 
How many people have we let walk by and we don't even realize that they're the only Bible that they will ever read? How do we do that? Yeah, it's on me because I've done it too. When I wasn't walking like I needed to walk, burying my talents, being involved with fear. If I saw a sheet in a burning cross, I would run under my bed when I was young. Because the enemy had me scared, had ulcers as a young man. He wants you to be afraid. That's why he says in there three times, be strong and courageous. Be very strong and courageous. In those five verses that I lifted up to you, he said that three times. God knows that the walk is not easy. And sometimes we're going to be afraid. So he encourages us. He encourages us to not be afraid. Be strong. Some things going to come into your life that's testing. That's what we don't understand. We don't like going through the test. But if we ever get through the test, there should be a testimony that you could help somebody else get through their test. But we never want to go through the test because we don't recognize the test is not for somebody else. The test is for you because there's something in you that is not like God and he wants it out. And every time we abort the test, you have to do it again and again and again. And you think he's not there for you because you won't accept the test to get to the next stage. And that spiritually is called sanctification. To become more and more and more like him. God talks to us in faith. Y'all remember Gilead? What did God say to Gilead? God said, I will be with you, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. He's in Judges 6, if you need to go and look at the story. What did Gilead say, though, afterwards? Lord, are you talking about me? Huh? I, I'm the littlest in my clan. I'm the smallest. Well, are you sure you don't want to pick somebody else? Who else that sound like? Moses. Moses. I'm going to get to y'all. I'm going to get to us. Moses. Lord, I stutter. Lord, I don't speak well. Bring Aaron. Let him do it. And it will tell you the Lord burned with fire against Moses. 
the one that led the people out of Israel. What I came by to tell you is we're human. And we will make mistakes. But there are some things that we can do if we begin to change our mindset and have courageous leadership. We got to stop walking in fear. The other thing, and let me read the, the, the bottom part of verse 8 because I got excited and skipped it. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, if you do these things, then you will be prosperous and successful. What do we end up doing, y'all? We, medit we, don't, we, don't, we don't meditate on this word. Very seldom open it up. See what he's saying. But I guarantee you, you got CNN on. I guarantee you, you know what Derek Chauvin is doing. Because I watched it too. I ain't saying nothing that I didn't do. And what we begin to do is meditate not on this. We begin to meditate about all the things going on in this world. That's a design of the enemy. He doesn't want you to be in this word, to know what this means. He wants you to do the things of the world and meditate on those things so that we're fear-based and we're worried more about the next shooting than helping somebody get a meal. Running afraid. God did not give us a spirit of fear. But that's what ends up happening, guys. We begin to meditate and think about those things. The thing I really want to talk to you about today is our covenant relationship by embracing the Father. So, one, we got to overcome fear. Two, we got to understand what faith is all about. Three, we got to embrace the Father. Let me just lift up some scripture into your hearing. Genesis 26 and 3 says, because if you emulate Abraham, he obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commandments, my decrees, and my instructions. That word is the mouthpiece of God. He's the one that gave you, he's the one that gave me my purpose. And if you're not seeking him, it's going to be hard to get to your promised land. You'll be wandering in the wilderness. But God gives us the prescription for success. But we run from it. Y'all ever heard that old saying? <clears throat> if you don't want people to know, keep it in a book. Anybody ever heard that? 
Just keep it in a book. Never read it. Never read it. Here's one more, 1 Kings 2 and 3. I'm about to go the way of the earth, he said. This is David giving his charge to Solomon. So be strong and act like a man. And, over, and, over-serve what the, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Listen to the requirement. Walk in obedience to him. Keep his decrees and commandments, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. He's given us the prescription. It's in our obedience that we show the love for God. And everything about the devil's work is to make you be disobedient so you flow with his work. Because he understands if you ever, if I ever make it to my promised land, you're going to wreak havoc on anything the devil has. So it behooves him to never let you get there and keep you wandering in a wilderness and not showing your love for him. I brought a few things. Because I'm one of those dudes that I don't, I don't play with God. When I went on this journey, I went on this journey. I got one, I got two, and I'm on my third one. I started reading back because I made a commitment to God. On June 24th, 2019, I told God that I wanted to grow closer to him. So I began writing down my thoughts. I began meditating on his word. I've missed a handful of time in two years and three days because I wanted to get to know him intimately. I didn't want to play anymore. I was tired of being frustrated. I was tired of not getting where I needed to get to and be who he wanted me to be. So I began writing in these journals. And on 624, sorry, on 624, I can't see. The words sounded like a Bible study. That's how it sounded when I read through this upon last night. I read through it. It sounded like a Bible study. It did my second journal. Started on 11 14, 2020. And then it started sounding like my personal memoirs and how every day, how I wanted to join God in His work. And I would document it. 
so that one day I could go back and read it and see how I had an encounter with God. And then we got to the third book. This began on June 22nd, 2021. And what I began to see is, uh, Karen, I don't remember who this was, but somebody said, start making the names of God personal to yourself. <coughs> and from in, in my book, I started doing that. I started on June 22nd, giving God a new name every morning. On June 22nd, good morning, God of victory. On June 24th, good morning, rock of my life. On June 24th, good morning to the God who never changes. On June 26th, good morning, Lord of the talents. This morning when I got up, good morning, God of the promise. And every single morning, I begin to, begin to write God love letters. I begin to reach out to him and in my meditation time, he began to meet me where I was. And he began to talk to me. He began to say, Derek, this is what I want you to do. I have your purpose in you and you now have decided to follow me. I started falling in love with God. And I don't care what man knows it. I've been getting fallen in love with him. And when you fall in love with God, you can love your wife better. You can embrace your children better. You begin to love your enemies and begin to embrace them better when you begin to write love letters to the one that knows your purpose and destiny. <clears throat> I don't come by taking this opportunity lightly ever because it might be the last time I'm on this stage. I want to give everything I got to him while I'm breathing. I don't want to wait. I'm going to continue to write him love letters. I'm going to continue to go in my bedroom and speak to him and allow him to speak to me. I stopped praying every day because I stopped talking. I was doing all the talking and I wasn't doing any of the listening. And when I began to listen to what God had to say, my life began to change. I wasn't trying to do it by myself. He said he would never leave you or me or forsake us. He just wants to be in intimate relationship with us. And he will show you and he will show me what it is that I'm supposed to do. In closing, I'm going to tell you this now. God loves an underdog. God 
loves an underdog. When Goliath was out there telling all the Israel army, come on, y'all. Aren't y'all the armies of the Lord? Who did he send? The Bible says a little rugged boy that had three stones and a slingshot. And the enemy had everything fully armored that could take him out. God loves an underdog. RCF, you're an underdog. And I can't wait to see what God has for you, for us. See, our pastor just died. And now we have the pastor's wife. This is what the outside is saying. They got a place where they can't get any volunteers to help in the ministry. They got a place that nobody wants to do stuff. They got a place where people are murmuring and may leave or may not leave. They got a people, they got a place where people come and they may not stay. But I came by to tell you this morning that God loves the underdog. See, Israel ain't nothing. The, the, the land of Canaan was all about God and his people and the land he wanted them to have. When I look to the east, there's nine acres of land that God wanted us to have. When I look across the shopping center, there's things that God is gonna do in this ministry because we gonna let God go out front. We gonna not move unless God say move. And when he says go, we gonna go. Judah didn't lose a battle. He lost one, I apologize. That's when the people began to act crazy. But Judah, uh, Joshua, he always was on the offensive. He never waited for the armies to come and get him. He was on the offensive and he wouldn't move until God said move. And when God said go, Joshua went and he started conquering the land. When you look at this book, the first five chapters are about entering the land. Chapters six through 13, 12 are about conquering the land. And chapter 13 through 24 is about getting your inheritance. We in chapter one, we're entering the land we must be unified. We must be together. We must heal. And then we need to do and be about God's work. Stop burying your talent. There are consequences for the people around you. Individually, your leaders, your leaders of your home, your leaders at your job, your leaders in a congregation, your leaders of a little child. And what you do, they will do. Who you are, they will become. Do not bury your talents. Do not bury your talents.
RCF, God is going to go with us. But we got to get ourselves in order. Amen. Amen. As they come, if anybody was moved by what God had to say today, and you want to deal with overcoming fear, you want to deal with living by faith, you want to deal with embracing the Father, it's all about a decision that we have to make. How do we want to live today? If you want me to pray with you today, I will pray with you. If you want to have a prayer about how do I get these demons off my back, let's pray them off your back. Let's get you moving in the direction that God would have you move in. If anybody <coughs> wants to know him better, let me pray with you today. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you, Lord, and I thank you for filling me this morning because I couldn't have done it without you, Father. And those, Lord God, that you have out there, Lord God, are <coughs> dealing with fear this morning, not understanding how to live by faith this morning. Those that haven't gotten closer to you, I hope you have prescribed some methods, Lord God. Allow them to begin. And those that want to be in relationship with you right now, Father God, that they want their hearts to be joined with your heart, Lord God. Lord God, I ask you to open your hands for them. Embrace them, Lord God. Show them the love that I've been receiving and others. It's so good, Father God. We love you, Lord. Help us today, Father God. Help us to turn over that leaf, Lord God, and begin to walk obedient, Father God. Begin to love, Lord God, giving that uncommon love to people that don't like you. Stop judging. Stop murmuring. But begin to focus on you and who you wanted us to be. I bless you today, Lord God. I love you. I love you dearly. Help all of us, Father God, to get to our promised land and not have to wait 40 years to get in. We love you today, Father. And we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.